welcome to Stand and Fight here on News Talk STL. We are in the uh, SR1 studio. Uh, we got a special show tonight. Uh, this is the first show post-election. And our special guest uh, is our very new state senator, Nick Schroeder. How are you doing, Nick? I am wonderful, and uh, thank you guys for having me on our show. <laughs> but I had a... I had a be out of town for the weekend for a wedding. Rick Pogue's son, Ricky Pogue, um, you know, good friend, you know, worked with him for several years now. He's helped out with the campaigns. He chose to get married on uh, opening season, opening uh, weekend, rather, for deer season. And, you know, the brotherhood that we have, I got to come down here. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's eventful. We, you know, went straight from the election to coming down here with the family he's getting married and hopefully next next week i can uh bring home some backstraps for us to have on the next next week's episode oh man that sounds fantastic so are you a, a rifle hunter or is it bow season well it was it was bow season i guess technically it still is <clears throat> i've grown up you know around firearm season it was always the big mecca uh, of hunting season you know it, it all leads to that now i have in the past couple of years been uh, training with a bow and I'm confident that if I had to kill something with a bow, we could get it done. I just am not as confident when compared to uh, a rifle with the windage and, you know, the different hills and all, all these different factors I'm not used to with a bow quite yet as I am with a rifle. So, yeah, it's rifle season for me and uh, that's that's where I Bring home the bacon, so to speak. Bring home the meat for the family. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> have you ever thought about maybe just going with just a hunting knife? Actually, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> there's talk of me hiding up in a tree one year with just a knife over a spot, and I didn't know if that was going to be good or not. Um, Is it rhino season now? Oh, absolutely. I think it's always rhino hunting season, um, not only in Missouri. I think it's 365 days out of the year is a good time an acceptable time to take out the rhinos. And I think that the best way to do that is leading by example. And here in the state of Missouri, we, uh, right after the election, the members of the House, they elected their new leadership team, the members of the Senate. The day after that, we elected our new leadership team. And, you know, some things happened that were, I, I want to say, unexpected. There was a good friend of mine, Andrew Koenig, who was the Senate handler of the heartbeat bill back in 2019. Um, he made a late, a late call to jump into the race for leadership. And then the day of after uh, Rick Brett nominated him on the day of leadership elections, this was two days after the actual uh, election day in the state of Missouri. So this is November 10th. He gets up, talks a little bit and says, you know, it's time for uh, uniting the Republican party. So he's not going to run. So I think uh, with all of the different issues that have been popping up over the past couple of years, all of the different factions within the Republican Party in the state of Missouri have a great opportunity to come together and start getting good things done. Uh, school choice, that, that is something that has to be done. School choice, the candidates that came out, wore their heart on their sleeve, told voters, look, if we get elected, we're going to fight for school choice where your tax dollars follow your child. It's not going to be these government schools. Your tax dollars are going to follow your child to the school that is going to best suit them. All of those candidates won. I, I can't think of a single race where a pro-school choice, a very vocal school choice candidate lost. So that's going to have to be number one, getting indoctrination out of our schools, stopping these uh, the, the surgical procedures, these um, hormone replacement 
therapies for little boys and little girls that want to be a different sex, that's going to have to be addressed. And I think from the talks that we've had thus far, the talks that we've had in these uh, caucuses, so to speak, um, are very good. And I think next week when all of the caucus, the Republican caucuses come together uh, for a caucus retreat, that's when we're really going to see if we can set aside all the garbage and all the, the infighting, the personal attacks that have came over the past couple of years and start focusing on policy because that's what the people care about. You know, you know, Phil and Eric back at home who are not in Jeff City, who working their tails off, they want to see their tax dollars going back in their pocket. They want to see their kids, their grandkids protected. And we can't do that if we're more worried about name calling and, and pointing the finger. Let's get down to the brass tacks and start doing the work that the people elected us to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you bring something up. So a lot of these issues that we see in the schools, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, and a lot of times now coming up with, uh, I see it as it's child mutilation when they're trying to, mm -hmm. to coerce these children into making life altering decisions when they're, I mean, when have you ever made up your mind when you were eight, nine, 10 years old? And and had that same exact feeling when you're an adult. I mean, there's nothing that I can remember in my past where I'm just like, you know what? I've always said this with few exceptions. But when you look at, uh, I mean, it's kind of a party issue with, uh, you yeah. know, the the conservative, the Republicans, if they want to call themselves Republicans, you know, that's a it's a hard no for them. It's a hard no for a lot of people in this country. And, and I think that might have kind of... Um, played a huge role in uh, in Oz not winning in Pennsylvania because he is, you know, obviously is a doctor, but he's kind of for doing those trans surgeries. Now, yeah. I have no problem if somebody is an adult and they later on down the road decide, you know what, I want to do this and you want to alter your body and make it to where you feel more comfortable. Hey, you know, if, it, if that's what you want to do, right. If that's what you want to do as an adult, you have that option. But as children, we shouldn't be sitting there confusing these kids into making these decisions where how many stories have you seen now where, where all of these people that are detransitioning and they're talking about the horrors, the fact that now their yeah. life is basically, you know, is, is ruined because now they can't be their true self because they were talked into doing something, you know, back before they were old enough to really make that that kind of decision honestly especially like with with me in in our area uh, that's why the people, we the people, uh, look to you and, and need that that leadership and you know the fact that you're not out there trying to take people's rights away. No, no, you're out there to protect people's rights and protect the the families, protect the children. You know, and it, it literally does. It starts with with the unity uh, unity that you're speaking of. Instead of all the infighting, you know, getting focused on on the real issues at hand, knowing the problems that we face every day when you talk about whether it be you know the school choice our tax dollars and you know we feel the pressure we feel the weight of our current administration and in a land of the free we should not feel the president's you know the burden of his choices throughout the entire right. nation you know so yeah we applaud the work that you're doing the work that now you know, you have this huge opportunity now to show the state of Missouri why they voted you in. And and I think you had said something about you had, what, 63 something percent of the vote from your district, which I mean, that that's phenomenal. So that speaks yeah. volumes. So. Well, when you look at the races like myself, Ben Brown, another senator elect, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, Curtis Trent, I mean, it was a, a 
damn near mandate as I think Ben Brown won 70 something percent. I think uh, Mary Elizabeth might've been 65%. I mean, we're all 60 plus percent um, in up what we won by. And I think all of these races, uh, you know, granted it is a, a bit of a new district because every 10 years they, they redraw the district, but it is still the 99% a portion of uh, what, what the previous districts were. And when you compare, uh, you know, 2016, 2018, 2020, this year we, we came in, like I said, with a mandate with these, with these candidates that are wearing their heart on their sleeves. We are fighting for what we believe in, fighting for what our people believe in and not dancing around the issues like Dr. Oz and other mainstream Republicans did. And that's where I think it's really looking at who lost, who won, and you compare the candidates. It, it's basically looking at the candidate and seeing the, the, the type of candidate that you are, to looking at the policies that they're they're pushing forth. If you're weak on these things, we saw you know people that I ran against in the primaries, others ran against in the primaries. They were the more establishment weak types, didn't have a backbone. And you saw that the, the candidates on a national level that were like that, they ended up picking Fetterman for crying out loud. The guy that can't string two sentences together, right. he's like swath off of the, the Goonies. And I don't know anybody in their right mind who would who would elect them. So I wonder if a lot of Republicans stayed home. But, you know, to that point, it, it is appalling to me. Appalling to me when I talk to my grandparents who, you know, were in World War II, survived the Depression, and they were very politically active. And they never, never once um, brought up, yeah, we had to wait a day, two days, three days, a week, a month, a year. And with the technology uh, going crazy right now, the, the increases in um, how fast we, we can access things on our phones, on our internets, we have all these machines that should be able to read the bubbles that you filled in and give us those votes. I mean, you have Pennsylvania, Arizona, New Jersey, Colorado, Georgia, and a handful of other Democrat states that still today, almost a week after the election, are still saying, oh, it's too close to call. We only have 70% of the vote in. We're crying out loud. Why? Like, we, we have to stand up and be less conservative with the use of our voice. Still be as conservative as we, we can be in policy, but start using our voice, using our voice like the liberals do. Start getting louder than them so people know uh, what's going on in these states. Like there's there's really no, uh, no way, no reason anybody's ever given to me why it should take two days, a week, a month, to figure out who the true victor in an election is. They've been mm-hmm. talking about the importance of this election for how long now? It's been well over a year. And there there are all of these, you know, polling places and all of the, they have everything set up. When you talk about the technology, we're supposed to be the most, you know, uh, you know, advanced country in this, in this world. And yet, what, we can't just figure out. This is, to count the votes, it's basically like you're running a Scantron test. So that's technology yeah. we've been using using forever you know i graduated in 2000 you know i remember doing scantron when i was a child you know they've had this technology and yet what do you see time in time out with all these swing states you know oh you know it's too close to call only when they know that the republican candidate is most likely coming to win you've seen it in colorado they were trying to call it against uh lauren bobert she hung in there and then when all of the votes they talk about the importance every single vote counts and yet they're wanting to call them before all of them are in when the Democrats Democrats are winning, but when the Republicans are winning, you know, now all of a sudden, and and I think it was Nevada, they had uh, their cameras just happened to shut off. 
And then when they came back yeah. on, there was a flip. And you wonder, like, now, if this was a legit, you know, uh, uh, you know, vote counting and, and everything was legit, that's fine. But when you see all of these things that just so happen to go on and then you're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, I don't I don't really we need to pause it. We need to figure out. And, oh, you're a vote de- or a, a denier now. No, I'm not yeah, election denier. Yeah. So you see all of these things happen and it's always in those swing states and those areas where they know where, OK, if their candidate isn't pulling ahead. And then all of a sudden you get these little hiccups and then the next thing you know, you know, you go to bed, you wake up and you got five states that, you know, one candidate was winning and next time you, you open your eyes and it flipped and you're like, wait, what happened? You know? Yeah. I, just, I, I don't know why it takes forever for us to find out, okay, here's, here's all of the days before the election. We're going to compile these. We're going to put them in a special place. Now they're trying to say, well, we have to open up each one of those individually verify that it's accurate, put it in there, blah, blah, blah. No, go for it, put it in, the, in your Scantron machines or hand count it, give us the data. It's to me, it's more excuse after excuse after excuse. And yes, looking at the smell test, this is very fishy because it's in all of these very impactful areas that just so happen to be managed by Democrats. Like, well, look at Arizona. Who's the secretary of state? <laughs> the secretary of state is the person running against Kerry Lake. Right. It should be a conflict of interest. And then you have in, um, what is it, all these other states where uh, Pennsylvania, you had machines not working. You had Arizona where machines are not working. Right. You had all of these, these uh, counties and other states that just so happened to run out of ballots. And these were heavily, uh, percentage-wise, they were heavily Republican counties that right. were going to be very impactful. Again, you know, and, and it's always something that uh, my good friend Vic Porcelli says on Newstalk STL. He says, look, what the Democrats say, it's typically what they're doing. And, you know, they're, they're sitting here saying, oh, democracy's on the line. The Republicans are going to attack democracy. The Republicans are the ones stealing your vote, taking away your vote. No, that's what the Democrats are doing. Florida counted 7 million votes on election night. So there you go. Yeah. Look at Missouri, too. We had the results. Now, granted, there was a hiccup in St. Charles County because I guess they had to reset whatever system it was. And there was a firewall, as it was explained to me, when they were trying to send those numbers to uh, the secretary of state. There was a firewall blocking it. So, okay, well, we'll figure out if that's true or not. But even if it is true, you at least have some security there to make sure it's not being tampered with. Even with those hiccups, Absolutely. we got the numbers in on election night. You look Absolutely. at almost every single Republican-led state. There were, the numbers were there. And like you said, with Florida, with this massive increase in population they've had, Texas, we had the numbers the night up. Hey, you know, that I think that's something that we need to uh, take over to segment number two here uh, on Stand and Fight. This is Eric Michael filling in for Nick Schroer. Uh, Nick, stay on the line. I'd love to hear more as we fight to save our constitutional republic. Perfect. And we're back Sunday evening on the phone still with uh, State Senator Nick Schroer. Nick, are you still with us? I am with you, and that's uh, kind of kind of neat to hear, kind of weird to hear, because you've been a I've been a state representative for six years and being called state senator. It, uh, 
probably going to be hard to say Senator Schroer for a lot of people, <laughs> but I, I like it. The people spoke. They see what you're what you're bringing to the table, and that's that's the voice of we the people. So, yeah, congratulations on that victory. Uh, so back on, on what we were discussing before with uh, the fact that we have all of these uh, states in these cities and these counties that are they're still, even a week later, still trying to sort through and, and do these counts. So Florida has like over 20 million uh, people in their state, and yet they got all the results election night. Uh, Texas, mm-hmm. Nick, you brought Texas up. They have over 30 million people in that state. And yet, guess what? Even with the open borders and all the extra people you know, ruining their infrastructure, they were still able to count all and get their results at night. And yet, here we go. We have Arizona, Nevada, people still in all these other counties where they can't get their their votes counted in time. And they wonder why we have questions about the integrity of these elections. And then what'd you say they, they label us election deniers? <laughs> yeah, even though they were the ones, the Democrats were the ones, and I, I think I had a piece on Twitter or Facebook, was a compilation of, you know, going all the way back to George Bush versus Gore, all of the Democrat election denying and we heard a lot of it after Trump was elected in 2016, illegitimate president and all the different names, Russian interference, all the, the tax dollars that we spent to satisfy these uh, these horrific claims by the Democrats that there was a Russian dossier, Russian interference, illegitimate president, our elections were stolen. And they forget about that. They think that the people are too stupid to remember that. But, you know, I, I've got an article here. It'll probably be the only time I... Uh, cite something from the New York Times, but the New York Times has an article they've been updating, I think, since November 9th. Uh, it says it took, it took you know, several weeks to call every state in 2020, but then when you scroll down, because I know for a fact that Missouri was called that night. I know Texas, Florida, those states were called that night, but when you go all the way down, it has a good breakdown of how long it took for Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, Alaska, all these states that I just mentioned in the first segment, the first round of uh, Stand and Fight, and it's mind-boggling to figure out, look, since 2016, when all of these these claims of election interference and election integrity, it's easy to steal these elections, when all of these hearings took place, these are still the same states, these, these swing states that are very important to these elections, these are still the ones that it's taking weeks months to figure out who the true victor is to me that is a slap in the face to liberty that is a slap in the face to the republic that they're going to continue to say oh well you know there's there's this issue here there's this issue here. no there's there's no issue there's no explanation that i'm going to believe and there's no explanation that i think the majority of the people are going to believe when you have states like you said that have massive amounts of population all of these other things going on florida is in the midst of hurricane after hurricane i think hurricane nicole just came in uh impacting some of these areas and they still got it done on time in 2016 when trump won the democrats cried for four years that it was stolen that he was you know an illegitimate president and then when their guy won, if you want to say he won, uh, when he won and four years later, now all of a sudden they're sitting going, oh, you you can't question our elections. You know, you're an election denier. Yeah. You had Stacey Abrams that just cried and cried and wouldn't concede. Two-time loser, by the way. Yeah, good. Good. So you did a, uh, a sit-down interview with, uh, what was it, FGA, I think it was? Yeah, the Foundation for Government Accountability. Right. You know, And I think that's something that this country is sorely missing is accountability. Can you give us a little bit of insight on how that conversation went? Yeah, so this actually took place um, midway through the session this year. So I'm wanting to say April or May 
May at the latest uh, of this year, 2022, when FGA came into the Capitol uh, in Jefferson City and interviewed a bunch of legislators. And, you know, I never saw my my uh, clip getting posted or anything shared from the FGA. So I just figured, OK, well, I probably discussed something that many other people did. And that's you know, the, the importance of securing our elections. If our vote, if our one secure vote um, is threatened, if it doesn't really go toward the candidate that we wanted it to, then this entire republic is in shambles and, and nothing matters at that point. But it got posted right after the election. I think when all of these issues came back to light and, you know, me bringing up the points of all of these states that are taking forever. We, we see on CNN, I've got an article here that CNN indicates that uh, Friday, Maricopa County had uh, another 80,000 ballots that they were reporting at 10 p.m. And after that, they're, they're estimating they have another 300,000 ballots left to count. Wow. So, okay, so you've, you've got states that are that are counting millions right. in one night and able to get you the results. So, yeah, I think that, you know, I'm just discussing the importance of election security, election integrity, that we actually know this is a pure, unthreatened, unbiased, here is a, the, the day is long election. And, you know, I think our voting systems need to be secure because that is the one time you can actually go in and, a lot of people say, you know, uh, term limits, term limits, term limits, which I, I like for uh, a lot of different areas like Washington, D.C. I think there needs to be some form of term limits here in the state of Missouri. It's a little bit asinine and it gives the power to the lobby corps. But I think the ultimate term limit is being able to cast your vote and say, look, we're tired of Nancy Pelosi. We're tired of Chuck Schumer. We're tired of Claire McCaskill here in the state of Missouri, and we're going to choose otherwise. And I think here in the state of Missouri, these elections are done um, in a pretty good way. They're not perfect. And I think uh, one of the bills that we had this past year requiring voter ID, requiring paper ballots, we're getting there. We're getting to the point where I think it is uh, you can just toss your hands up and say, well, that was, you know, the best man or woman won based upon our elections. And I think we have to have audits. We, we have to ensure that in these states that that are continuing. Pennsylvania, Arizona, New Jersey, Colorado, Georgia, Alaska, continuing to have problems year after year. We have to make sure that there are audits conducted. Absolutely. We have to ensure that the people's voice is, is the one that's actually being heard and not some third party think tank, not some, you know, special interest group. And if we can't have that, if we're going to fight election integrity and election security, to me, that, that puts all the hairs on the back of my neck standing up that something is not right. But then you're telling me that this was done how long ago? This was done earlier this year. Uh, I want to say April or May of 2022 before these elections even took place this year. Right. So you're looking at, at eight plus months now. And, and here we are having the same issues and the fact that you're what you're talking about and the importance of these issues is still relevant to now when they've been talking since 2020 that we have the safest most secure elections and i just i don't see it like how we're progressing forward if we still have all these hiccups because i remember like i've seen probably what four or five different presidents since i paid attention and they're announcing those on on the same night and you're talking about an entire nation how can you have an entire nation to to get these votes counted and yet you can't get a county to count however many votes and they're talking i think it was bill gates not that bill gates um over maricopa county talking about it's going to take 
probably through the weekend uh, just to count like 600 something thousand votes you know and I just I don't see how that how that's going to uh, give us any confidence in in our current voting system so when you talk about the integrity of our elections you know hey if if my guy or girl doesn't win and and the majority of we the people say no this is what we want then hey sometimes my team doesn't win and I'm okay with that because I respect I respect the the offices i respect the people that are filling those positions that are you know they're looking out for we the people but i don't feel like we have that same representation anymore and i feel like it's just this this push this agenda that they're just trying to to shove down our throats and and i'm a little worried because they talked about it was like three hundred thousand dollars that Russia supposedly spent on Facebook ads, and yet you hear that you know uh, Soros paid like one hundred and twenty billion uh, in mm-hmm. some throughout with all of his different elections. But they don't want to talk about that because that's going with with their agenda, their narrative. They want their people to win. They talk about democracy being on the line, and yet they're trampling on it at every turn. Everybody forgot what they put us through as a country, you know, with the COVID lockdowns. They're letting violent prisoners out of prison because, oh, they're worried about COVID, and yet they're locking away our grandparents, doing drive-through funerals, for God's sake. I mean, what are we doing? And yet you look, and most of these these states and these, uh, they're reelecting the same, you know, the same people that literally killed your grandparents by putting yeah. COVID-sick patients in these nursing homes. You know, and instead of focusing on that and wondering, hey, how did we go wrong? No, they just bring up more and more stuff because they're worried that if Trump decides he's going to run or if DeSantis wants to run later on down the road, now they're creating this other thing. They're trying to get the, the Republicans to split between that to get, oh, are you going for Trump? Are you going for DeSantis? Oh, now they're saying this or saying that. No, we need to focus on the fact, like you were talking about earlier, just focusing on what we the people, what are the real problems ahead? Where are we going as a country when 75% or more of the country know that we're going in the wrong direction? Why do we keep putting these same people in charge? And then when you see the way these elections are going and the processes of how they're doing it and how they're deciding it, there, and we keep bringing up Maricopa County because that's like one of the big things right now. Uh, they were talking, you know, oh, we ran out of toner. Like, how do you you know you got an election coming up? You know there's going to yep. be people there. Why don't you have cases and cases and cases? Uh, why not just be prepared? Oh, the batteries for some of these machines are dying. I understand that, that things can go wrong. But you know what? We have fail safes and things to make sure. You know, so honestly, we should do smaller precincts go back to the paper ballots until we can sort out all of this stuff and we can just come to an agreement that you know if if a democrat's vote counts if a republican vote counts if an independent or any other you know party if their vote counts we want to make sure that everybody's vote is is secured and it's going to the person or you know uh, the party if they want a lot of people want to just go down ballot which i completely disagree with because then now you're going to end up with people like fetterman you know they're going to be making statewide decisions when he's talking about canceling the people in that state's livelihood i just i don't understand it i just i don't so i don't know maybe looking forward to you know the 2024 you know, in all the elections going on, maybe we can finally get our head out of the sand and, and actually come together, go across the aisle and, and see what are the, the issues that they have. 
What are the issues that we have? Come up with something that both parties can agree with so that they can instill that trust and that unifying of, of this country to say that when I cast my vote, I can turn around, I can go to work, I can go back home, and I can trust that the people that I hand that vote to, that they're, it's in safe and secure hands. And then whatever the outcome, I'm not going to be sitting there questioning. I'm going to trust it because that's what I want out of my government. Think about high school. Think about college. For me, it was in college because we actually were able to take tests on our computers and do it from the comfort of your own room, whatever it may be. But think about your kids or your own personal experience. If something happened and you didn't get your test in on time or you didn't get your assignment in on time, you said, oh, I I tried to turn it in and something happened with this. Okay, well, for for a little bit, uh, your teacher is going to give you some leeway and say, okay, well, you know, is there a record that you actually tried to do? This is there a record. Okay, let's work with you. But after a certain period of time, the teacher is going to say, okay, you just need to take the test all over again. We're going to either fail you or you're going to take it all over again because I'm tired of these damn excuses. And year after year after year, election after election after election, nothing is getting better. And I think it's driving people crazy because, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Here in the state of Missouri, we we are seeing that there are some issues in past elections. We're trying to address them in in the most bipartisan legislative fashion that's possible. Um, But in these other states, we keep running into the same issue. And to me, it's a joke that that we're going to allow this to happen. And the media is complicit in allowing this garbage to happen because they're not questioning, okay, 2016, 2020. I can see. I can see if, you, if you've got a new system or whatever it is. But at a certain point, we just need to fail you all, have a new election. And it, to me, it's just so frustrating because these issues that are popping up, like you said, with the COVID tyranny, the business shutdowns, the school shutdowns, the, the, the students that are failing now because they don't have the education opportunities that we all had, the mental health issues that are happening. There's so many issues that, that are important, not only to us here in Missouri, but nationwide. Now we're getting involved in all of these different wars overseas. Gas prices are going up. Our energy independence is on the line. Uh, Our security, border security, our our national security is on the line. And now, like you said, you've got people like Fetterman that can't string two thoughts together, comes on stage with his hump showing out of his hoodie, and and that's on his back, folks. Get your mind out of the gutter. And Jim Shorts. And it's like, this guy is the most unprofessional, illiterate person. I have no clue how anybody, any Democrat, voted for him other than just partisan loyalty. So, yeah, I think it's time for all of us around the uh, the state of Missouri and within uh, the United States to start putting a megaphone behind uh, all of the things that we're saying. I'm glad that uh, Elon Musk is allowing for free speech because now I'm seeing more videos from people in Maricopa County and other states that experienced election uh, interference or election issues that would have been stifled and, uh, and you know, shadow banned, so to speak, under the last ownership of Twitter. Absolutely. And with that, folks, we will be back for round three at uh, SR1 Studios, uh, News Talk STL, the stand and fight. Uh, we'll be right back. Thank you again, State Senator Nick Schroer. And we're back on News Talk STL, uh, stand and fight. Filling in for Nick Schroer. My name's Eric Michael. Nick, very uh, very much appreciated him taking time out. Um, you know, he's a very, very busy man. He's got a lot 
a lot on his plate now, but I guarantee he's the right man for the job. So Agreed. towards towards the end of that that second segment, um, he brought up you know Elon Musk and the fact that you know people are trying to now vilify him. You know, of course, when when everything came out that he was you know making a bid to buy uh, Twitter, it was forty four million uh, billion dollars that that he was pumping into uh, to what a lot of people think securing. Uh, our freedom of speech on one of the largest town squares that we have right now between that and Facebook. You know, you have a couple other, um, you know, avenues that you might be able to to get your points of view across. But with, with the Elon Musk stuff, they're they're just, they're running him through the, the ringer and they're trying to talk about how this could be a, a national threat, a, a security threat now. And they didn't say anything when Bezos bought, you know, the Washington Post. You know, every everybody, you know, that thinks they're sitting there and they're reading, you know, their Sunday papers and they're reading what is real. It's it's all backed by their own agenda. And they didn't say anything about that. Uh, you know, and then with everything that I'm seeing on Twitter, it's mostly it's just fluff it's propaganda that's out there um you're seeing everybody talking about how democracy is on the line and they're they're bringing up all these things that the republicans are supposedly uh looking to take away they're trying to make it out like we're trying to cut this cut that uh biden he's he's been talking about um the you know trying to all this debt forgiveness for all these college students and you know hey i had a lot of college debt. My wife still has college debt, and I still don't think it, it's fair for me to then transfer my debt onto somebody else that took a different path in this life, that decided maybe college wasn't for them. Maybe they wanted to go into the trades. Maybe they wanted to start their own business. Maybe they just saw college as, as taking too much time when they already knew, they already had uh, everything you know they needed to to pursue their, their life of happiness. You know, And for me, I'm looking at it, why are they trying to forgive just that debt? Why are they trying to uh, to relieve the burden and, and talking about how all these people are being hand you know handcuffed with and strapped down with all this debt? Why don't they look at the people that are loaning out all this money? Why don't they put maybe a cap on the student loan interest? If say it costs fifty thousand dollars for this degree and you got to pay whatever your percentage is, have it just be one one set fee, and then whoever loaned out that money, they're going to get their money back. It'd be paid back a lot faster because when you look at it, at fifty thousand dollars in debt and you got to pay all this interest, you know by the time you get out of school, you're at entry level. And now you're six months later, you got to pay all your student loan debt. Yeah, a lot of times you're pushing that down the line, pushing it down the line. You get all these forbearances, and yet that that interest keeps building up. So I don't really feel like it's it's helping the American people by that. But I just I don't understand when when people are are looking at the free speech and you know why it's such a bad thing. You know they're coming after the Second Amendment. You know we saw how the people really feel uh, when O'Rourke. You know, he's out there. Hell, yeah, I'm going to take your guns. And he's <laughs> he's campaigning in Texas where people down there love their firearms. You know, they're they're trying to demonize, you know, and and focus in just on these 
putting on the blinders and and hyper focused on this one one thing. And yes, school shootings are terrible. You know, to see these these children's lives being cut short because some some maniac you know had access to to something to, that could cause great harm. But we're talking about. 20,000 deaths in the in the United States per year uh, that are attributed to gun violence and that's including suicide and then you you look in the fact that there's well over 2 million defensive uses of firearms you know and when you really start looking at the numbers here yes even one life lost is a tragedy we should try to find uh, a way to protect these lives uh, but you can't do it at the cost of all the other defensive uses uh, that have come into play now and there's been strong links with um you know, oh they were on our fbi watch list and they've known about these people and yet somehow they fell through the cracks there's been links with uh, pharmaceuticals and certain certain medicines you know the antipsychotics or whatever they're taking that have all these these side effects and they don't want to look at that they will they just want to put a band-aid they want to treat the symptom and not the source you know and when we sit back and we look and we see what's going on in our country, we see the the divisive issues. And instead of being able to come to the table and saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, I can see your point of view. Here is mine. But as soon as I go to, to present my point of view, I'm being labeled. I'm being silenced. I'm being censored. That's some of the stuff that they've been trying to eliminate you know, on, on Twitter you know, and other social media platforms. You know, they always say, well, if you don't like it, create your own. Well, they, they did, and they've shut them down because they didn't want those voices heard. Anytime somebody says, don't question or trust this or trust that, and they don't listen to both sides of the argument, it automatically raises red flags for me. I'm I'm a free thinker to the point I don't want to hear one side of the argument. Even if I feel like I have my mind made up, you know, I have my own bias, it that to me is irrelevant because sometimes when you hear somebody's point of view, even if it doesn't align with with your own, you know, way of thinking, it could it could actually open up another avenue of saying, you know what, that's that's a different perspective. I didn't think of it that way. But instead of being able to have this this two-lane highway of, of information, it's being bottlenecked. It's it's forced into one direction and then your opinion, which opinions can't be true or false. They're just your belief. It's but if you have that that way of thinking, now all of a sudden you're being, you know, put in this little box along with all these other people that nobody wants to associate with you know the term conspiracy theorists it all started the same way when people started to question the narrative they said oh well you're a conspiracy theorist and they lumped them in with all these other people that had these you know yeah some of their thoughts and beliefs might have seemed like they're they're coming from left field but you know, it, people are. Oh, I don't. I don't want to be associated with that. So then you you create this this way of thinking where you you will turn a blind eye to obvious information. Yeah, and I'd hate to to beat a dead horse and and point the finger, you know, at the people coming from the left. Left, but let's be honest, there is that agenda that they're trying to force with these these small minority parties, these small you know small individual groups, and they're trying to to force everybody into this one this one way of thinking 
and I I find it very dangerous to assume that that one side is always right and the other side is always wrong. You know, it's in science they say trust the science. Well, to in science you're supposed to question, you're supposed to test. That's part of the process. If they if they say this and you can do a test and get the same results, then it validates that you know that that is true. And you know, it takes so long to build up that credibility, that trust. And yet, over the course of the last two, three years now, uh, I I was a huge, huge advocate for science, um, for space exploration, for all these advancements in technology. And I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I have so much that I've seen, you know, whether it just be nefarious or just misleading, where I feel like I've, I've pulled some of that, that trust back. And now I'm just, I'm waiting, I'm watching, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I can see patterns. I, you know, I like to, to use rational thinking and different methods to come up with conclusions and I can see where certain things are going to lead. And I don't like where some of those, those are going. And I don't want to end up where, you know, further down the road, um, we're pushing off problems to future generations and we're creating these problems for future generations. You know, they, they, talk about climate change and yet what they'll do is they'll they'll take a little snapshot you know and everything's cyclical there's you look at the graphs and they go up they go down they go up they go down the peaks the valleys and they'll take a little snapshot and they'll take just a little you know and hey you know a hundred a thousand ten thousand years might seem like a long time but when you're talking about that over the course of billions of years it's that's just an instance you know it's it's a blink of an eye but they're taking these just so they can look at that graph and they can just zoom in and they can focus on that and they can show that look at this trajectory you know when uh we were down here and look at this and you have all these uh, uh the the rise in co2 and all these you know emissions that are cow farts and you know they're measuring all these things talking about we need to depopulate we have too many people here we can fit the entire population of the world in in the state of texas it's you know back in time when when they were talking about with the COVID stuff the entire amount of deaths in this one year they were attributing to COVID. you could have fit them into you know a college football stadium so when you zoom in so much of course you're going to to focus on that it's it's the same effect if i were to go out and buy a new car all of a sudden now i'm gonna see that car everywhere and that's that's some of the stuff that I've noticed that that they've been doing is when they bring stuff up and then they kind of push it and push it. Yeah, now all of a sudden you're going to notice that, and then you're going to use that and say, "Well, that's got to be proof." But do I really believe everybody's going out it, whenever I bought that car? Now everybody's going to go out and buy that same car? No, it was just me. That one singularity, that one single thing that that started, and now just because I'm aware of it, now I'm aware of everything else. And that's that's kind of what I've noticed with everything that's been going on. So I don't want to sit here and, and try to convince somebody to believe a certain thing, think a certain way. In fact, I, I want you to stop just believing what everybody's telling you. Take a step back and get a larger picture. And they always say, you know, it's hard to see, you know, the forest from the trees. And that's very true. You know, so take a step back and look at things. Does it pass pass the eyeball test? You know, does it walk like a duck? Does it quack like a duck? I mean, just look at these things. 
what what are we being told to to trust what are we being told to listen to who's being silenced i mean we have doctors that are being their their medical licenses are being removed because of their questioning people that that they're not even as qualified as the people that they're that they're silencing you know so it does it it raises so many red flags makes you question you know with with the elections going on uh just everything that i've seen everything that i've heard it just it raises enough enough for me to sit there and wonder why who's going to benefit from it you know, who are they trying to control? What outcome are they trying to lean to? You know, when when all of these things aren't going towards a certain narrative, all of a sudden things slow down, almost like they're trying to see if there's any way that they can course correct, little nudge, maybe change a trajectory just enough to make it believable. When you have Fetterman winning an election when he can't even he can't even have a a conversation with anyone it just to he's had these points of view that he feels that are strong to him so he's had these thoughts enough to where he should be able to articulate it but he can't there's no coherency in his speech and yet well 52 percent of his votes were by mail-in and they were also done before the uh, before the debate. Now, am I going to say that that Oz was, you know, he's so much better? I don't agree with a lot of Oz's policies. You know, he's he's wants to take guns away. He's pro trans surgery, you know, on children. I don't agree with that. He's talking about the 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 uh, decisions that are supposed to be made in the doctor's room uh, should be made with with the the patient the doctor and a politician well i disagree with that as well when they cry my body my choice and yet they want to force people uh to take an injection that they are still waiting for the date you know the data to come out so for me just at the end of the day take a step back think what is what are the problems that you're being faced with every day who are the people that that are you know trying to solve these problems for you Get to know them. Find out what their policies are. Don't just don't just vote down ballot because you're going to get a lot of people that are unqualified making life decisions that are going to affect you in your daily life. Just take a step back, think, what can I do? And just remember, you got to remember, you have to stand, you have to fight, never give up. And with that, I thank you for your time. Enjoy your Sunday night, and God bless America.